Praise God. Exciting stuff is happening. Well, this morning we're going to carry on uh, where we left off last week. And uh, currently we are speaking about uh, uh, the how-tos in regards to maintaining physical health and living a long life. The title of these messages is How to Maintain Physical Health and Live a Long Life. And uh, today is the third uh, session, if you like, that we're speaking about this. Can I suggest that if you've missed any of these sessions, it is vital that you get the whole story rather than just a part of it. Uh, and so we'd encourage you to get online and listen to the messages online or otherwise order yourself the CD so that you get the whole story. I really believe that God has got something to say about this. God's got something to say about our life, about our, our, our health. God's got something to say about our, uh, our longevity. Uh, and God wants to uh, speak to us in this respect. Uh, I'm also believing, sensing in my heart that today, uh, as I'm speaking, as I'm proclaiming the word, and as I'm speaking in regards to some of these things, that there is an anointing release today uh, to set the captives free. Uh, some of you are uh, in bondage to food, food addictions and various other things. I believe that today, just the, during the preaching, without anybody specifically praying, things are going to lift today. Uh, mindsets will be changed. Uh, strongholds will be demolished. Uh, and uh, so if uh, that's remotely for you, just reach out and lay a hold of that right now. I'm going to pray right now, and then we will uh, launch out. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again that, uh, Lord, you have determined uh, full salvation for us. Jesus paid for it on the cross. And our salvation uh, includes complete physical well-being, a long life. It includes uh, renewed strength even into old age. And so, Lord, we commit this time to you and we ask again, speak to us, instruct us, give us insight and revelation. And Lord, help us to make the necessary changes. We are expecting, Lord, to be shifted today from one place to another, to be moved further and deeper into the perfect will of God in relation to those areas that we are speaking about. And so we thank you, Father, that you're present by your Spirit to touch lives. We thank you, Lord God, that you hear the set the captives free. You're here, Lord, to demolish strongholds and lies in our minds that have held us back in this area. And we thank you for all of that in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, as we've already been saying, that, uh, and I'm just going to recap a little before we carry on again, but uh, God's plan of salvation includes more than just going to heaven. It includes complete physical well-being. Sickness is not in part any part of God's plan. Uh, though it happens, it's not part of God's plan. God wants us to be well rather than sick. God wants us to live a long life. If anybody dies early, they have been robbed. Can I say that again? If anybody dies before old age, they have been robbed of the devil. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, uh, what we're speaking about has a large part to play uh, in terms of longevity, the food we eat, the lifestyle that we live. Uh, and we have to do more than just fulfill the spiritual conditions uh, towards longevity, such as honoring our parents. And we've discussed that in our first uh, session already. Uh, and, and so we have to do more than just fulfill the spiritual conditions. We also have to fulfill the natural conditions, uh, the laws, uh, physical laws that God has built into creation. I want to read a scripture today from Romans chapter 12, I guess to kick things off this morning. Uh, verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Everybody say, present your bodies. 
All right, so God tells us here that we are to present our bodies to Him, a living sacrifice. It says, holy, acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. Uh, so in other words, uh, uh, when God tells us to present our bodies to Him, a living sacrifice, it's not an outstanding service. It is only a reasonable service. It is part of uh, our worship to God. And interesting, when we look at the Old Testament pattern for sacrifices there, we see that sacrifices were mostly killed as they were offered to God. Uh, we're no longer in the Old Testament. There's no longer any need to kill lambs, sheep, uh, uh, cows, and bulls, and all of that stuff. Uh, in the New Testament, we offer our bodies a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice. Uh, God has no use for our bodies when they're dead. Uh, he wants us to offer our bodies a living sacrifice, to carry on living, all right? And uh, to keep it alive to keep it fit, fit and healthy so we can serve Him to maximum capacity. Everybody understands that a body can operate at maximum capacity or it can be somewhat uh, limited, uh, um, uh, dilapidated, could be operating at only 20%, 50% capacity. God wants it to operate at 100% capacity. And uh, to do so, that means that we, this includes a, a living a healthy and a balanced life that enables us to serve God longer and more efficiently. Can I suggest that God does not want you in heaven right now? God doesn't need you in heaven. God needs you in the earth. All right? Be a part of the body of Christ. It's almost like, uh, and certainly when people get to a ripe old age and they're ready to go, let them go. But uh, don't let anybody go before their time. It's almost like if we look at a physical body, suddenly one arm goes to heaven. And then the body is made to carry on to function in full capacity and it can't. So God wants us to live a, to a ripe old age and to function uh, to full capacity. Just a couple of repeats here in regards to a healthy lifestyle and what it all includes. Uh, we've already talked about proper balance of work, recreation, and sleep. Uh, there's healthy nutrition. We started on that last week. Going to finish that off today. Then we've also got here sufficient water intake, physical exercise, a healthy environment, and healthy choices in personal care and hygiene. Now, uh, healthy nutrition, as we said, we started last week and we talked about a food plan that a healthy plan includes all of these things and more, protein, carbohydrates, fiber, fats, vitamins, minerals, trace elements, amino acids, fatty, fatty acids. These are some of the main things. And of course, food science is continually uh, getting more knowledgeable in regards to research that takes place, and so they're forever discovering new things uh, that, uh, that are important to healthy food plans. So let us not think that we know everything there is. Uh, stuff that was written five, ten years ago could be outdated today because food scientists and you know, medical science and the whole research that's being done is really uh, discovering new things all the time. Um, we talked about certain aspects of uh, vitamins and minerals that are considered essential. And I'm just repeating uh, things that we said last week before we move on. But we talked about things that are considered essential. And basically what that means is that if it's considered essential, it needs to be included in our diet because our body cannot produce it. For example, our body is able to produce some vitamins 
uh, but not others. So we need to uh, introduce them to the body by way of food uh, and, uh, and one by way of uh, being sunshine, having our skin exposed to sunshine. Uh, um, the body cannot produce uh, minerals, uh, needs to be introduced to the body. They are also considered essential and it's good for us to understand these things. Now over the page then, we've talked about that low-fat diet is God's choice. Or should we say God's command? That would be interesting. Let me read again a passage or part of a passage that we looked at last week and then we'll flow on from there. Leviticus 7.23 says, The Lord said, Give the following instructions to the people. You must never eat fat, whether from cattle, sheep, or goats. Uh, and so we pointed out there that that's talking about visible fat. Uh, specifically, they talked about uh, uh, the fat that was around the, the, the inner organs, uh, uh, kidneys, uh, around the heart, uh, uh, around the liver and so forth. They had to remove that and burn that stuff. Uh, today, we, we should make an effort to remove and to cut away uh, visible fat on certain cuts of meat. There's always hidden fat. Like, for example, you take a chicken breast, remove all the skin, which has got major fat in it, remove any bits of fat that are around it, and all you looking at is lean meat, but there's still a portion of fat in there that is hidden fat. Um, and so the body needs some fat, uh, and we are okay with that, but visible things should be cut away. Uh, things like, uh, for example, mince meat that we will buy at the supermarket. It tends to be fattier and fattier these days, unless you go for the top-notch grade. Uh, and so a good way to operate is that cutting, uh, should I say frying, you know, cooking the mince meat and letting it stand overnight so that, that uh, the fat rises to the top and then you can remove the, the visible fat that's there and that will basically do away with most of the fat almost 100% if it's removed this way and so it's good to do these things in fact it's amazing when Vanessa and I started to do that and then once or twice when we're in a rush and we just cook it and eat it right away and I'm thinking wow that tastes so fatty it's amazing what you can get used to and how you can retrain your, 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 yourself and taste, uh, taste buds and so forth now let me talk to you about trans fats uh, uh, this is a huge thing and this is only just new research when I say new research uh, within the last uh, 10, uh, 15 years uh, at the most um, anything prior to that uh, didn't know much about it uh, and they're still discovering new things about this particular type of fat everybody should know about this trans fats are also called hydrogenated oils or sometimes they call them partially hydrogenated oils and let me read the information then we'll talk about it trans fats uh, uh, created in an industrial process that adds hydrogen to liquid vegetable oils to cause them to solidify and last longer. Hydrogen. Have you ever heard of the hydrogen bomb? <laughs> it's like some of that is scary stuff, I tell you. And so they, they uh, put that, uh, that stuff together to cause the, the vegetable oils to solidify. Most vegetable oils are liquid. Uh, but they can solidify them by adding hydrogen into the process. Uh, and then uh, the, the fat is solid at room temperature, uh, and, uh, and, and it lasts longer. So, for example, I would imagine it's much easier to ship uh, in boxes rather than in thick uh, uh, plastic containers. Uh, it lasts longer, so it can s sit in warehouses, in trucks, on shelves for a long, long time, uh, and, uh, and it doesn't go off uh, 
for a long time. Trans fat is inexpensive to produce. It gives food a, a, a more desirable taste uh, and also a more desirable texture, uh, meaning that some of the fluffy baked goods like pastries, uh, um, things like croissants uh, come out much better. They fluff up better if they use hydrogenated oil. Um, and uh, many restaurants and fast food outlets use trans fats to deep fry foods because it can be used many times in deep fryers. So in other words, it doesn't burn as quickly as some of the other fats do, or as just ordinary vegetable fat does. Uh, it lasts longer, all right? Trans fats are found in things like cake, muffin mixes, croutons, crackers, crisps, biscuits, croissants, pastries, pies, taco shells, uh, frying oils and also in margarine. Um, and so now, having learned that, I'm no longer impressed when I walk past a uh, fish and chip shop and I mostly walk past, I don't go into them very often, but when I walk past and it says, refry in vegetable oil, I'm no longer impressed now because uh, technically speaking, trans fat could still be termed vegetable oil. Uh, of course, now we also know that most vegetable oils are good, uh, which will be unsaturated fats, but there's two vegetable oils that are saturated and that are not so good and not in, in large quantities anyway. That's coconut oil and palm oil. Um, and so it's just good for us to learn these things. Now, trans fat, interesting enough, has been banned in some places in, in every restaurant and in every fast food outlet in parts of America, notably the city of New York. Uh, you cannot, well, restaurants should no longer use trans fats, and if they do, uh, if they're found out, there will be a heavy fine. And all of California has banned trans fats uh, in, in, in all f um, restaurants, uh, completely, right across the board. Now, of course, uh, that only deals with part of the problem. You still get it in supermarkets, uh, in various products, and you'd be amazed. Uh, I just whipped through the supermarket the other day. In fact, I didn't whip through. I just spent about an hour and a half uh, moseying through and then reading labels and looking at stuff. And it is just phenomenal uh, <laughs> reading the labels. It's really quite an education. Some of it makes scary reading. Now, and, and this is now known by the medical profession, uh, or some of the people anyway, sufficiently so that they will ban it in restaurants, that the human body has virtually no tolerance to trans fats as it raises the level of bad cholesterol and lowers the level of good cholesterol. And this results in stroke, heart disease, uh, which of course leads to early death. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so, so in other words, uh, there is a need to find out what's in the food that we eat um, and what fats or oils are in there. If it's trans fat, we should avoid it. I don't believe we can entirely avoid it because at certain amounts, they no longer have to state it on the label. So for all we know, we might be eating some and even though we're trying to avoid it. But I guess the whole deal is it's not about getting too, uh, too legalistic and stringent with this, but it's just cutting things down to minimize certain things and to maximize other things. Remember how last week we said it's not about getting legalistic here. It's about educating ourselves and making shifts and moving as far as our practices are concerned. An interesting thought here 
And I put it in brackets. This is just an add-on. But butter comes from cows, and margarines and spreads come from factories. Uh, isn't that interesting? I just looked at one margarine um, box there, and it says enriched with, uh, and we'll talk about enriched later on, but enriched with uh, omega-3. Uh, and of course, omega-3 is an essential, uh, an essential uh, part of our diet that needs to be introduced to the body. The body cannot manufacture it. So it all sounds very good. You turn it upside down, and you read the label under it, and it's got trans fat in it. And so it's, it's interesting. Uh, so we need to understand that... Uh, uh, you know, the, the, the whole margarine uh, uh, industry would have us believe that margarine is better than butter, and I do not believe that it is. In fact, I don't believe so at all. Uh, some margarines will probably be worse than others, uh, but um, Vanessa and I don't generally have margarine in our house. We have butter, but you do what suits you best. You do your own research, and that's what these sessions are all about, is to stir you up to do research and to find out what you're actually eating and what does it do to the body. Now, uh, there is a fact here that the average New Zealand diet is too fatty, uh, too much trans fat, too much fatty meats, uh, too much fried and deep fried foods, too many pastries and pies, etc. Everybody say etc. <laughs> okay, you might like to put uh, too much butter in there, uh, uh, too much margarine. It's just the average New Zealand diet is just too fatty. Now, of course, that's not to say that everybody sitting here is average uh, in, in terms of how we operate, but we're talking across the board. All right, and uh, the heart disease is still New Zealand's number one killer. Um, and uh, people in New Zealand and around the world, but especially in Western societies, are more likely to die from heart disease than any other disease. Um, cardiovascular disease is called the silent killer because it creeps up on people and starts developing in people as early as 20 years of age. Now, just in case anybody you thinks, oh, why are we hearing all of this bad news? Friends, the news is good. We're getting informed so we can change our, our ways and uh, adjust our lifestyle so we can live longer. So the, the news is good. And this is not about scaring you. This is about informing ourselves and stirring us up to uh, become educated in this area. And uh, I have a thought here. And... Uh, and that's the bad dietary habit disease. I believe that heart disease should be renamed bad dietary habits disease to let us know that the responsibility lies with us, not with luck, chance, or karma. Because there is a thought that heart disease, it gets some of them, but it doesn't others. In other words, we push the responsibility away from us. And uh, that's not good. We are responsible. We can do certain things. I remember uh, I was watching a video of uh, Billy T. James. Uh, just great uh, stuff. Just great humor. Of course, he died, and he died early. Uh, but I remember he walked into a fish and chip shop with a bunch of guys, about six or eight of his mates behind him. And he stands on the counter as they have him and uh, looking straight onto the deep fry. That's about the only way that they cook in them places. And so here he stands, and he looks up at the menu, and he says, oh, I'll have uh, three three chickens and I have uh, uh, this and I have some fish and chips and I have some, some of this and I have some of that and he went through the whole list and then he stops and he turns around and he says, what are you fellas having? And, uh, <laughs> and whilst it's all very funny, uh, it's kind of sad that, <laughs> that, you know, that stuff 
it goes on in the sense that people eat too much out of these places uh, where food's deep fried and it absolutely saturates uh, foods with, uh, with oils and in many instances the wrong types of oils. Uh, heart disease cannot be blamed on genetics uh, and cannot be blamed on, on, on a whole bunch of stuff. Heart disease is, a, is, is typically, or for the most part, just a bad habit or bad dietary habit disease. We need to take responsibility. Uh, let me read you some stats from the National Heart Foundation of New Zealand. And this is all fully available on, on the web today. It's like fantastic what you can access on the web today without even leaving your home. Um, Cardiovascular disease, uh, which is typically heart, stroke, and blood vessel disease, is the leading cause of death, accounting for, one, uh, for 41% of all deaths. By comparison, or for comparison, 29% of all deaths are cancer-related. It seems to me that uh, people are more scared of cancer than they would be of heart disease. Now, the point is we should not be scared of anything but we need to be informed and we need to adjust our lifestyle that not one nor the other gets a hold of us. And this is the thing, like we said earlier on, it's called the silent disease because it creeps up on people and there is no symptoms. And the first symptom that some would experience is that they drop dead and they didn't know they were sick. And so there's a whole deal here that needs to be looked at, um, particularly as Christians. We need to present our bodies a living sacrifice rather than living like everybody else. You know that scripture that we read in Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 1, where it says, present our bodies a living sacrifice. It goes on to say, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we have typically put a spiritual emphasis on that. And we talked about, you know, not to get involved in the sin of the world. But I suggest to you that God not only wants us to not get involved with the sin of the world, but even with the lifestyle of the world that leads to early death. And so God wants us to present our bodies a living sacrifice and to cut out and to minimize certain things that are killing off our bodies early. And Frank, can I suggest that if our body is killed off early, we are forced off of this earth, all right? And praise God that we go to heaven, but God wants us to live a long life. Is everybody still here? Nobody's gone home so far? I just locked the door so nobody can get away. Praise God, just kidding. <laughs> It says, in all age groups, deaths, um, uh, is, uh, deaths are highest for Maori, followed by Pacific people, and lowest for those of neither Maori nor Pacific or origin. So, uh, meaning that if they're neither Maori nor Pacific origin, they will be, I guess, European and, and other, uh, and, and, and then immigrant groups, Asians, and so forth. And so, there is a story to be told right there that Maori, followed by Pacific people, uh, uh, are leading the, 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 the charge as far as heart disease uh, and, and stuff like that is concerned. So there's something to be looked at right there. Um, it also says that, uh, that the, uh, the death rate for coronary heart disease is more than twice as high for men than it is for women. All right, so men are more at risk. Uh, more than twice as high than what women are. So what we need to be looking at is we need to look at the diet of all men uh, and we need to be looking specifically at the, di at the diet of, of Maori people and Pacific Island people and ask ourselves, what are we eating that's killing our people early? What are we doing that uh, sends us to off, off of the earth uh, early? Uh, once again, stats are freely available and this is part of the National Heart Foundation of New Zealand website and of course there's much 
much more reading available there. Now let me move on from there and talk about a, a balanced diet that is made up of a wide variety of foods. Uh, and we've touched on that last week, but we've said that there is no single type of food that can provide all the essential nutrients that the body needs. Therefore, it is important to consume a wide variety of foods to provide adequate intake of vitamins, minerals, dietary fiber, which are important for health. Now, we know it is really easy to come by calories. Calories is just always there. Uh, and we don't have to try hard to get all the calories we need. Uh, typically, we get more than what we need. Uh, and that's the whole deal. Calorie, of course, converts to energy. Uh, and so it gives us energy to move around, energy to think. How many of you know that even thinking uh, uses up energy? Energy to move around, to work, and to do our stuff, uh, and so forth. And the calorie intake uh, should meet our energy output. And if there is a greater calorie intake than what there is an energy output, the body just converts the calories into fat and we start wearing it, all right? And we start wearing it just in different places, you know? And, uh, and that's just what happens. That's the reality of it. Uh, can I suggest that we can't blame uh, certain conditions on certain things? I know that there is different uh, conditions that are sometimes blamed for that people have uh, and so forth. And there might well be aspects to that where it is possibly more of a challenge for some people than it is for others. But friends, we are responsible, all right? We are responsible. And so... A wide variety of foods. Can I talk to you uh, about some symptoms of a poor and unbalanced diet? And by the way, this is just a very small list of some symptoms um, of an unbalanced and a poor diet. The first one is constipation. Now, I don't know whether you thought this morning that when you went to church that you would hear about constipation, but friend, can I suggest that uh, if people are constipated, they're doing something wrong? Um, it's an interesting story, but friends of ours, uh, uh, Vanessa and I, we've got this, these friends, and uh, uh, this lady had what they called a, uh, a um, uh, there's different names for different conditions, uh, a lazy bowel uh, symptom. Lazy bowel symptom. Is that what it is? Lazy bowel. Anyway, something along these lines. And, uh, and, and <laughs> this is not sort of a, a great story, but uh, we need to look at this thing because if somebody is constipated on a constant basis, they're eating a poor diet. That's all there is to it. It typically lacks fiber. Uh, and fiber uh, is a part of our food uh, many times for no other reason than to cause the, the food to be pushed through the body easily and freely. Uh, and this dear lady, like for example, she would go away on, on a trip and, and, and there'd be no bowel motion for over a week sometimes. And can I suggest that that's very bad? Uh, we're supposed to have a bowel motion every day, at least once. Uh, and that whole aspect of, uh, of, uh, of being regular feeds right back to the things that we eat. Uh, and so friend, if you're constipated, look at your diet and change your diet. Um, we could talk a whole lot more about this, but some of you is like... Oh. <laughs> Just be gracious with me, okay? And I promise to be gracious with you. <laughs> um, another symptom here is unhealthy-looking skin. Um, 
Now, of course, uh, we're talking symptoms that points to a, a root cause, unhealthy-looking skin. I'm not suggesting that every skin issue is necessarily always led back to, to, a, to, an, to a, an, a, a poor and unbalanced diet. For the most part, it is. Can I suggest that uh, too much emphasis is put on hormones for young people when their skin's unhealthy? Um, and there might well be a truth to that, but I think that aspect is overemphasized. One thing that I have uh, discovered when I look at young people, that young people and junk food many times go hand in hand. All right, And when young people get to an age of you know, puberty and then beyond that, they also get into an age where they start to have their own pocket money. And when they're able to go out without mom and dad being there and to buy things, to eat things and to drink things that they should other, would otherwise not have had at home or perhaps shouldn't have had at, at home. So our skin will tell the story. Uh, can I talk to you about dandruff? Things like you know, skin conditions, again, dandruff. Eczema uh, is typically an, un an unhealthy diet. There are certain vitamins and minerals missing, more notably zinc, uh, which is very good for our health. Uh, and sadly, when you go to a doctor with issues like this, the doctor will prescribe uh, chemical-based medicines as opposed to telling them that they need to look at their diet. Uh, why is that? Many doctors do not know what we're discussing here today not enough in depth uh, to, to, to understand that uh, the first uh, call would always be to look at one's diet. Uh, I remember talking to a medical doctor years ago now, um, and I asked him, I says, look, I says, in your medical training, how much emphasis was placed on nutrition? He says, oh, he says, we had about a 20-minute uh, lesson on that. 20-minute lesson of medical training that runs, what, th four or five years? Uh, that's shocking. Uh, now, that might have changed a little bit more today, and some doctors are actually quite with it, but others are not with it at all. And I'm suggesting to you that uh, in many cases, it's not what your doctor knows uh, that your problem is what he doesn't know that can become your problem. And you can't make your health your doctor's problem, uh, or should I say your doctor's responsibility. You need to make it your own responsibility. All right, is everybody still with me this morning? <laughs> all right, so we've talked about... Uh, Things bleeding gums um, uh, is a major story in regards to diet. I talked about my brother's problems last week. To some extent, he nearly lost all of his teeth uh, because he was just feeding himself on white bread and sausages uh, and, and mustard, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's just not good, all right? So bleeding gums, mouth ulcers, uh, it, there's a problem with diet there, uh, and it goes beyond just brushing, brushing your teeth, toothbrush. Um, twice a day, which would be the minimum. Uh, any less than that is no longer good enough, uh, but it goes beyond that. Uh, uh, if there is bleeding uh, going on uh, um, consistently and, and, uh, and, and uh, the gum not being healthy, there is a diet problem there somewhere. Um, sensitive teeth. In fact, let me just revert back again to this dandruff there. There's a story to be told. There is now what they call anti-dandruff shampoo. Can I suggest that that is not a good idea, and I can speak from experience, that anti-dandruff shampoo has got an active ingredient in it that will actually not just wash off when you wash your hair. It'll go into your body, and it'll do several things. Number one, it'll cause a loss of hair. Um, Number two, it'll cause irregular heartbeat. And number three, it'll cause ringing in the ears. Um, and uh, ringing in the ears is, uh, is, is a condition called tinnitus. And I can speak from experience that my world has become a little bit noisy uh, in, in the last while. 
particularly when it's quiet. And so now they won't tell you that uh, when you go to the supermarket and thinking, oh, everything that's on the shelf is good for me. Well, it's not. Uh, and so we need to be aware. We need to, we need to wise up to some of these things. Sensitive teeth, same thing. If there's a sensitivity in, in teeth, and again, I'm speaking from experience, you can buy this toothbrush called Sensodyne. Sensodyne, is that what it's called? It's got an active ingredient in it, so we are masking the problem uh, by deadening uh, the nerves so that they can no longer speak to us that there's something wrong with our diet. Um, and so uh, typically there is a problem with the pH, with the acidity level, uh, the, the conditions in the mouth are too acidic, which causes the teeth to be sensitive, uh, and uh, people just uh, deaden those symptoms with, with uh, toothpaste, which is not a good way to go. Uh, typically too much uh, sugar, uh, fruit juices, uh, uh, the, the diet being too acidic. Um, and, 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 uh, and so again, there's a whole story right there overweight. Um, and of course, you know, we talk about symptoms of a poor, unhealthy uh, diet. Sometimes overweight people have become the target of, oh, you're doing something wrong. And most people are doing something wrong. Uh, of course, for overweight people, it's not just a matter of, of suggesting that they eat too much, but we can certainly say that they would eat too, too much of the wrong types of foods and not enough of the right types of foods and probably eating at wrong times and so forth. Uh, underweight uh, is another issue. There is uh, uh, also, in most cases, an issue there with diet. Things like trembling and nervous twitching. Um, how many of you have, uh, at one time or other, had uh, trembling and, and even nervous twitching? That goes back to a, uh, to a lack of certain uh, vitamins and minerals. Um, mineral, more notably, magnesium. Magnesium is a muscle relaxant. Uh, and if there is nervous twitching going on, there's a lack of magnesium, uh, zinc to some extent, and, 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 and other minerals. And I'm really just hitting headlines here. Uh, and uh, so it's interesting that, uh, have you ever noticed that people who are heavy into the booze uh, drinking alcohol uh, many times also shake? The reason for that is that alcohol hinders the absorption of magnesium. And so their problem is that they, they don't absorb magnesium that's in their food, and then they shake. Uh, um, and so symptoms, we could go on and on. Like, uh, uh, you know, sometimes they talk about growing pains in, in young children when they're, they're, they're growing pains in their calf muscles uh, uh, is typically a lack of sodium. Just a pinch of salt in a glass of milk will fix that uh, and fix it very quickly, which is amazing. And so we need to educate ourselves in these areas and, and, and understand that there's a problem somewhere. Um, and uh, uh, I find that when I'm fasting, uh, at times I get uh, incredible pain in my, in my calves. Again, uh, just a little bit of salt and pain goes away and then it's just not there. So it's just understanding that uh, there's certain things that we can do. Crooked teeth. Um, crooked teeth, did you know that there's certain vitamins that are necessary for the formation of teeth so that they're healthy looking? And interesting too that crooked teeth is a Western society problem um, that mainly. You will not find it in the more primitive cultures where they're still eating healthy foods as part of their daily diet. Uh, even uh, teeth that are very, that, that, that might be evenly spaced, but there's big gaps. It's a, it's a vitamin deficiency, uh, and we need to understand these things. Whitish spots on your fingernails. Just look at your fingernails right now. How many of you have got white spots on them? Ushers take their names down. No, just kidding, just kidding. Uh, there is a lack of zinc, uh, and the body tells us 
that there is a problem there somewhere. Uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mineral deficiency, all right? And so it's just understanding these things, and certainly we are aware. Uh, sleeplessness, there's a problem somewhere. If people can't sleep, um, and or restlessness, uh, restlessness, uh, sometimes uh, itchy, itchy legs. Uh, I'm speaking from experience, like, uh, you know, legs just, legs just itchy and annoying, lack of magnesium, uh, uh, more notably, and, and one or two other things will, it will relax things, and, and it's just a deficiency for the most part. A poor sense of smell. Uh, people have a poor sense of smell. There's something lacking in the diet. And again, uh, by the way, uh, some of that information can be obtained by a book that's available on our bookshop. It's called Stay Healthy by Supplying What's Lacking in Your Diet. Uh, I find that that's a very, uh, 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 my opinion, a very a balanced book. It's a very good book. It's very thorough. Uh, it would be a good starting point for somebody that's never read anything along these lines. It doesn't obviously deal with all things, but it's a good starting point if you care to get one of these. Uh, uh, for yourself. Mood disorders, depression, many times go back to a poor diet. Uh, and people are just depressed and can't figure out why. Anxiety, uh, just a lack of one thing or other. Again, minerals uh, typically. Um, and uh, even panic attacks. Uh, somebody is not feeding themselves right if that stuff goes on. Um, violent tendencies. It's interesting, the research has been done on a group of uh, prisoners uh, uh, um and, 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 uh, and that had violent tendencies and they were fed certain types of uh, supplements uh, uh, and it's been discovered that violent people, if you examine their, 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 their blood, there are certain things that are missing almost entirely or very low on levels compared to what they should be. And when they feed them the right diet over a period of weeks and months, it, it fixed the problem to, to the tune of 78% of them that suddenly their violent tendencies left them. It's very interesting. So there's a, there's a, whole, there's a whole story there, friends. It's fascinating, some of that. Um, and things like nervousness, the people that are extremely nervous uh, uh, and very jumpy and restless and everything, uh, it's typically a vitamin uh, or mineral deficiency. Now let's talk about body function regulators. We're just skimming across. We're barely scratching the, the surface here, but uh, it's good to sort of trigger our thinking in some of these areas. Body function regulators. Most, if not all, body functions are regulated by vitamins, minerals, trace elements, amino acids, fatty acids, uh, things like blood pressure, um, heartbeat, even the way that the heart beats regularly and so forth is regulated by uh, some of the minerals, the immune system, um, respiratory system, the formation of blood cells, uh, bone development and so forth are all regulated by vitamins and, and minerals. Can I suggest again that it's easy to come by calories in the Western diet today? Uh, it's just been stoked and loaded with calories, but it is not so easy today to come by sufficient vitamins and minerals in the, in the average Western diet today. So therefore, if our body, or should I say if our diet doesn't consistently contain all the necessary nutrients, our body cannot operate properly. Why not? Because it, re it relies on the function that all of these different uh, components, nutrients bring to the body. Um, and so... Uh, uh, that, that's a, a really a fascinating uh, uh, story right there. Um, 
Moving on from there, let's talk about the, uh, uh, the DRI, also called the Daily Recommended Intake. Vitamins, minerals, and trace elements are measures, measured in milligrams and micrograms. Some foods uh, that you can eat, uh, you read the label, you will find that there is minerals and vitamins listed on there um, in, in, uh, in milligrams and in micrograms. Uh, and that's, that's how they're measured. For example, um, and we'll talk about vitamins uh, in just a bit more, but uh, um, the vitamin B range is very important. Uh, people are depressed, uh, people are uh, anxious, in some instances where they have panic attacks, there is a vitamin B missing somewhere, and there's a whole range of them. Now, uh, uh, how many of you enjoy um, Marmite and Vegemite? Okay. I can't understand that. <laughs> <It's just> a, <laughs> I don't enjoy it at all, but I eat it. Because uh, it tells me, and I, I hope they're right, that it's got vitamin Bs in there. So I make an effort to, uh, to just have one piece of toast, uh, uh, um, hopefully um, once a day or something, uh, uh, and I sprayed it on thin, and I just grip my teeth, and I just bear it, praise God. You see, uh, we can eat for enjoyment, and we can also eat for health. And there's a difference between the two. And you know what the amazing thing is? That if we only eat for enjoyment and not for health, that's what we get. We only get enjoyment out of it, but our life will be cut short for the most part. And I guess in many respects, it depends on what we've been brought up on and how we have been brought up. Um, that, uh, that tells the stories to how much we have to retrain ourselves. But you know, but once we retrain ourselves, it's amazing how you enjoy things that previously you didn't enjoy at all because our taste buds change. Things change. And so uh, depending on what happened in your house uh, when you grew up, um, it depends on as to how much you have to retrain yourself to switch from one to the other. It's interesting, but sometimes you look at families uh, and there are certain features that are there in practically everybody in that family. Uh, I might have told this story last week, but I remember years ago, uh, uh, I was sitting in, the, in, uh, in, the, in this pub there, and this is back in Austria where I grew up, and uh, there was this man there, he was a very chubby sort of a fella, and interesting enough, he was chubby, and his kids were chubby, and his kids were sort of little and stocky. Uh, and anyway, these guys, they do in pubs, they talk about everything under the sun. Most of it doesn't make sense. But anyway, he was rambling on about food and what he really enjoys and how he instructs his wife to cook just the right thing and everything. And he began to proceed to tell us that, uh, that he really loves bacon, like, uh, like, oh, I just love bacon. He says, I have it in my, in my vegetables, I have it in my salad, I have bacon and everything, and immediately, I understood why everybody is really like uh, chubby, you know. Um, and the, the, the whole family uh, eats off of the same table, uh, which is interesting. Um, which, uh, friends, can I suggest that for those of us that are parents, it puts the responsibility on us as to what we feed our kids and how we train them. And then if we have trained them wrongly, hopefully, hopefully at some stage soon, when they leave home, they can retrain themselves. Uh, otherwise, we have become partly responsible for, for things that happen to them later on in life uh, and their lives being cut short. Um, and so all of these things um, are... Um, uh, again, we talk about uh, 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 milligrams and micrograms uh, uh, where these, uh, these minerals uh, are, are, are uh, uh, part of our diet. Uh, now, sometimes they talk about stuff that's enriched. Um, 
Can I suggest that uh, minerals um, that are added, it's like grinding up rock to add to food. The body is unable to absorb a lot of that. Uh, the body can absorb minerals that, that it derives from food and from plant sources. And for the most part, they would be what's considered colloidal, meaning that if you were to be able to get them all out and stir them into a glass of water, they wouldn't sink to the ground. They're floating. It means colloidal. They have such minute uh, uh, sizes that the body is easily able to absorb them. So for example, you would go and look at uh, certain uh, products in the supermarket uh, could possibly be, be milk where it says it's been enriched with calcium. Now calcium is one of the most necessary part uh, of, of, our, of our diets because it has to do with our bone formation and a, and a range of other things. And people that are low in calcium develop a disease called osteoporosis. And osteoporosis is a condition that uh, then contributes towards people breaking their hips and many times they don't mend anymore uh, or not mend right because there's an issue there uh, where uh, uh, the body uh, does not get sufficient calcium. And also what happens in those conditions then is when the body really gets desperate for calcium, it'll take it out of the teeth just to satisfy its minimum, its bare minimum requirement. And so sometimes bad teeth could be a part of the problem in terms of, of uh, just a calcium deficiency. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm bouncing all around the place, but things that are added to our foods are not necessarily absorbable. It sounds good on the label saying enriched, uh, but it's not necessarily absorbable, so we need to understand that. So we're not coaxed into buying a whole bunch of stuff in what they call value-added products. Uh, they add something, and then and what they're really trying to achieve is they're trying to add value, quote-unquote, so that they can charge more for something that would otherwise be cheaper. Um, and a lot of that is not scientifically uh, verifiable uh, at all because the body is unable to absorb it. So God created foods in such a way that if a good variety is eaten in an unprocessed state, uh, daily requirements of nutrients will be met easily. All right. Now, the problem, of course, is that Western diet is not unprocessed for the most part. A lot of it has been processed, and let me elaborate on that a little bit. This is a big issue, friends. Uh, modern food, pressing, food processing methods drastically strip our foods of its nutrient content and leaves, for the most part, empty calories. Uh, you've all heard the term empty calories, meaning that there is just energy in there. There's no longer any nutrients such as vitamins, minerals, amino acids, uh, uh, and, 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 and so forth. Uh, modern food processing strips all of that. Uh, now, processing increases the calorie content per volume and decreases the nutrients content. What that means is that uh, when you take the, f the, the fiber out of, say, for example, f uh, grain that's been crushed like flour, when you strip it and reduce it right down to white flour, you get a slice of bread that is liable to have more calories in it than, say, a whole grain variety. But not only that, if you eat a whole grain variety, you might have, say, for argument's sake, two slices to feel satisfied. When you eat white bread, 
you'd have to eat three, four, five, and six slices and imagine how much more butter you will be eating and how much more stuff you put on there. Does that make sense? Can I suggest to your friends that one of our bigger issues in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, refined foods is white flour and more notably the bread that we eat. And if people that eat white bread, which is bread being a staple diet in, in New Zealand and most people would eat bread if you can switch from white bread towards a whole grain variety it will fix your problem to, to a major extent uh, I'm a real advocate for that uh, uh, now I eat white bread occasionally uh, but white bread of course has been stripped um, white flour has been stripped and the next point there it says that turning whole wheat into white flour removes over 22 nutrients uh, just strips them out. Uh, they're gone. Um, and uh, they might sell it in other forms. Uh, we'll discuss that in, 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 in fact, let me just get into it now. It says that the removal of the bran, which is the skin of the, of the grain, uh, as well as the wheat germ, uh, leaves mainly starch. Now, starch is pure energy, but that's about all. There's no nutritional value in there. There's energy in there, but no nutritional value. Brain, of course, you can buy off the shelf. Uh, brain um, is the, uh, the skin uh, of the grain that they remove and then sell it in brain, and much of it gets fed to, uh, to cattle, goes into cattle feed. Um, and, uh, and I assure you that uh, cattle that are fed on brain do not have constipation. All right? And, so, <laughs> and, uh, and the wheat germ is the part that germinates when the seed is sown into soil and watered in a warm environment. It starts germinating. That's the wheat germ. And that is actually one of the healthiest parts. It contains some oil in there which has necessary amino acids in there um, that are necessary for our body, for our digestive system. To, to be able to function properly. Um, and the wheat germ, again, you can buy on the shelves. Um, uh, sometimes it's been heat treated because wheat germ goes off after a, a period of uh, two, three months. That's why we discussed it last week that if you really get the proper wholemeal flour, what would be called stone ground, which is where the whole grain is crushed uh, into, into fine powder, into flour, that will only last two to three months on the shelf thereafter it goes off. And it's the wheat germ that causes it to go off. So that's why they take it out. Um, and it's interesting that years ago, like a century or two ago, they talked about white flour, they talked about all the impurities have been removed. And they reckon that the whiter it was, the better it was. I suggest that that is a lie that has been uh, dispatched from hell onto the population of the earth to kill people off early. Uh, and so it's being able to understand all of that helps us. Read the... Uh, the uh, the content of uh, of grain and I I touched on it last week that wholemeal flour as we buy it in the uh, supermarkets for for the most part is nothing but white flour with brain mixed into it so in other words they take some of the uh, of the skin of the grain uh, that they've taken out and mix it back into it again or don't mill it out as much in the first place uh, and that's all it is typically wholemeal flour will not have the uh, wheat germ in it because if it did it couldn't sit on shelves or in our homes for as long as what it
it does. They take it out and, and say this is for human consumption, but even bugs don't like it anymore. That's why that stuff could literally sit in the, on the shelf in, in, in a jar somewhere for a couple of years and not go off because the good parts have already been removed. I think uh, that uh, the, the populations of the earth has been cheated uh, with that lie that white flour is the good part. It's not. So they removed 22 uh, nutrients. Um, some of you might have uh, been a part of the, uh, of the, of the discussion, well, not a part of the discussion, but have heard, but the recent government uh, uh, introduced a ruling that folic acid would have to be uh, put into all flour so that all breads in New Zealand have, has folic acid uh, uh, introduced uh, to the flour. And the reason why they do that is because it's been discovered that uh, illnesses such as spina bifida uh, and cleft palate, that when young children are born, goes back to a lack of folic acid. Now, the point here says that it does not make sense to remove folic acid, which is a vitamin B, a part of the vitamin B range, B9 specifically, to remove that uh, during the refining process of flour and then to add a synthetic version to white flour. It does not make sense. Now, initially, somebody uninformed, and, and I suggest that some politicians are really switched on and others are absolutely ignorant, they have no idea. Uh, and they think, oh, it's a good idea. Let's introduce that to flour. Uh, it helped the population. It's going to cut down the instances of spina bifida. I say, leave the flour alone. Don't mill all the goodness out of it, and then, which is the natural stuff, and then put it back in again afterwards uh, in a synthetic variety that may not necessarily be good for people. And then, of course, it's like, how much are you allowed to eat? And at what point is it enough? And at what point is it too, enough, uh, too much? It doesn't make sense. Now, next point there, and we're moving quickly now to get to the end of it. I want to finish this today. And there's just, oh, my, there's so much to be said. Don't be deceived by fancy terms and looks. Refined actually means stripped. All right? That's what refined means. The whiter the product, the more nutrients have been removed. Uh, i.e. white flour, white sugar, refined table salt. We touched on that last week a little bit. Dark bread pretending to be wholemeal bread. How do you know what I'm talking about? You see, uh, many breads are made from white flour exclusively, but they are darkened through adding molasses. Molasses is a product that is derived from sugar refining. Sugar, when it comes in sugar cane or sugar beet and so forth, and they process all of that, and then they take a molasses, treacle, and things out of it. Uh, you know, we've got to be buying tins, uh, uh, golden syrup, treacle, and molasses. Molasses is the darker stuff. Uh, it's got vitamins, minerals in there. It's already been stripped out of white sugar. That's why white sugar is no longer good for us. It's purely energy. That's all it is. There's no goodness in there that helps our body to function right. Uh, and so what they do is they make white flour, add molasses, which adds a dark uh, uh, color to it. And you're thinking you're buying whole meal. You're not. You're buying white, white bread that's been darkened with molasses and other, uh, other means. And so, you know, this could almost be called deception. Uh, it's shocking what goes on. Uh, the word enriched and fortified usually means depleted. 
uh, now they've got a real problem in America. It's not as big here, uh, possibly not yet. When they talk about enriched flour, uh, <laughs> white flour that's had uh, uh, typically what they do in the States, and I don't know to what extent it's been advanced here, but they add four components back into it. So they say this is enriched flour. What they've done is they've taken 22 components out of it, which are natural components, and then they add four components back into it. Uh, that does not make sense, friends. Because what they take out is natural, what they add is for the most part synthetic. It does not make sense. Um, so if they talk about enriched or fortified, it usually means depleted. The next point says grind it, crush it, but don't refine it. See, prior to modern milling and refining methods, grain was crushed and ground, but never stripped of its nutrient contents. Numbers chapter 11 uh, verse 7, it says, Manna was a seed-like substance with a shiny appearance like raisin. The people went around collecting it and ground it between stones and pounded it uh, fine in a mortar. Then they boiled it in a pot and shaped it into cakes, and it tasted like a delicious a delicacy cooked in olive oil. In other words, when the Israelites uh, were in Egypt and they had proper grain, they used uh, uh, mortars the pestle and mortar to crush it, and everything that was crushed was then processed, uh, when I say uh, cooked and eaten. In other words, everything that was in the grain was left in there. They had these millstones, uh, little ones to just turn a handle between two stones, uh, a hole in the center of the top stone, grain was fed in there, flour came out on the outside, and that is what we will call stone ground flour, which has got most or all of the goodness left in there. Uh, that's how it was done back then. 100, 200 years ago, modern milling techniques became more and more sophisticated, so they stripped out what they called impurities, which is actually the goodness, and they're killing uh, whole portions of populations with white flour today. Very quickly, let's talk about some classic vitamin deficient, uh, deficiency illnesses, uh, classic ones that, uh, that uh, uh, a lot of people know about. And I just point this out, that these are the ones that are classic. These are the ones that are famous, or should we say infamous. These are the ones that we know about. Now, what do we not yet know uh, of conditions in people's lives that are caused by other things that is not yet known? Because, because the whole issue uh, is that there's more research being done. Now, there's one here called uh, pellagra. Uh, pellagra uh, is a, um, a vitamin deficiency illness where there's vitamin B lacking, uh, and that's called niacin. Uh, now, pellagra is not, so, uh, is not a problem in New Zealand. Pellagra is typically has been a problem in places where maize was the staple diet. Uh, and maize, then being processed in such a way, maize is actually not is, is rich in energy, but actually not really a very a very rich nutrient food. Uh, and then also in some pr uh, um, in some processing uh, 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 methods, they remove the wheat germ again, which is the good part, and then it only leaves energy and other things. And then there's that vitamin thing. Uh, missing that is necessary for proper body function. The skin becomes dry and black, and it is a deadly condition. People lose their mind and they die. 
It is, we could almost call it like a, a leprosy type disease. Uh, the skin is black. Uh, uh, condition that was around two, three uh, hundred years ago in places like northern Italy, uh, southern parts of the United States, uh, Mexico, uh, South America, Pelagra. Pella means skin, uh, and uh, Agra means something to the effect of that there's some assault on, on the skin. They thought it was a virus but it was actually a diet problem. And as soon as they uh, added, like in some instances, they add uh, lime to the uh, processing of, of, the, uh, of the corn, and that causes the vitamin um, uh, B3 to come out of the food, and people don't have this issue. Another one is uh, uh, the scurvy. Uh, vitamin C deficiency typically um, manifests in bleeding gums and the loss of teeth, and it is a daily condition. Let me just very quickly read to you a, an article here, a part of an article that was in, in a newspaper a few years ago. It talks about uh, Captain James Cook, that he was way advanced for his age in terms of, uh, uh, of his understanding of what we're discussing here today. And the heading says, sauerkraut uh, and floggings were uh, James Cook's health recipe. It says, the rediscovery of New Zealand Captain James Cook was the very model of a concerned and effective staff manager, New Massey University research shows. It says the research uh, by environmentalist uh, uh, scientist Stephen Bell uh, and presented to last week's Upper Hutt Science Fair began with a close look at the replica of Captain Cook's ship, Endeavour, uh, during a recent Wellington stopover. Mr. Bell then used today's science to reflect on the health and safety issues faced uh, by Captain James Cook. If we look at other major voyages and discovery of the time, it can be seen that many ships lost a substantial number of men uh, for many different reasons, he said. By considering both the literature and the ship's replica within the modern context, it can be seen that Captain Cook was well ahead of his time. His success was no fluke. It says, to combat scurvy, the scourge of the Royal Navy, Cook loaded 5,000 kgs of sauerkraut on the ship and insisted that every man ate a serving every day. One man was flogged for not obeying. On a similar voyage, a hundred men were lost through the... And James Cook lost not one. Sauerkraut, uh, how many of you know what sauerkraut is? Uh, it's a German dish, uh, and it's basically pickled cabbage. Uh, it has a high content of vitamin C in it. Captain James Cook knew about it, and that's how he combated that disease, uh, uh, which is just amazing. Also, it says he was a stickler for enforcing rest times, dividing the day into eight hours of work, eight hours of relaxation, and eight hours of sleep. The eight-hour working day was unheard of at that time. Uh, morale was maintained, Mr. Bell said. So it goes on from there. Fascinated reading, really. Um, and so um, these are the diseases that we know of. Another one here is rickets. Uh, rickets, of course, is a vitamin D sufficiency, uh, results in curved spines, and also resolved in, in people's legs, bones uh, bowing and curving, and, you know, the bow-legged condition is just a vitamin D deficiency. Beriberi is a very classic vitamin deficiency uh, uh, condition. Uh, it's been said that the uh, uh, Japanese army lost uh, hundreds and thousands of men uh, on their ships as they traveled around on the, uh, in the Navy there because they mostly ate 
uh, rice, and that's already the white rice, the, the, the polished part where they remove the wheat germ. And these guys uh, started to develop paralysis. They lost their mind, and then they died. It is a very classic uh, vitamin deficiency disease. Um, which leads us to the question, uh, do we need to take nutritional supplements? Well, uh, you are the one that needs to answer that question, but it depends on how diligent you are in eating a wide variety of wholesome, fresh foods. It also depends on how depleted the ground is where these foods were grown. Furthermore, it may depend on whether you take medication or other, uh, or other substances which hinder the absorption of certain vitamins and minerals. Uh, so these are questions to ask. Uh, as we said earlier on, alcohol hinders the body from absorbing magnesium and a bunch of other stuff. So that's just a medical thing right there. Uh, it's good to stay away from this stuff. Um, praise God. Are we doing all right? I'm just, I really want to get to the end of this. We're going to get into other things, all right? Just give me five more minutes and we're done. Um, I'm going to jump to the next point here. Reduce your intake of certain food additives as much as possible. Uh, things like preservatives, things like certain food colorings, synthetic essences, which is what we would call imitation essences, vanilla essence imitation, uh, and all of these other things. Uh, sweetener called aspartum. Uh, which are in practically every soft drink that is what they call cereal, sugar-free. Uh, aspartum is in there. You want to do some reading up. That's probably one of the biggest, one of the biggest, one, biggest ones in here. Saccharin, this artificial sweetener, saccharin, equal, uh, uh, and all of these things. Little tablet form that people pop into their drink. Stay away from this stuff. It's bad news. Uh, Sold glutamate, MSG. Um, and MSG, by the way, is not just used in Chinese cooking. Uh, I was talking to a lady years ago that used to run a shop in Wellington called Ocean Commodities. How, how many of you remember that shop? And, and she says, we used to sell this stuff, of course, it's what they did amongst other things. And she says, it was not just Chinese restaurants that bought it. Fish and chip shops bought it by the kilos. Uh, so again, you will find that in some places it says we cook without MSG. Why? It's bad for you, all right? Uh, and... Uh, I've got a book here that uh, makes, uh, in fact, I, years ago I requested a book from the uh, Ministry of Health Department. It comes free, uh, and it basically lists all of these ingredients that they knew of back then, and this is now a number of years old, um, and it gives you the numbers. How many of you <laughs> ever wondered what these numbers are? Uh, that you see on food labels, typically chemicals. Not all, but typically. Uh, and I got this thing just to, it says, identifying food additives. It basically just gives information of the name, but of course it's limited. It does not tell you what these things do. Uh, interesting, I was just reading here. It talks about flower treatment agents. They talk about five, six components here uh, in the 900 range, like 920, 925, 926, 927, 928, which are flower treatment agents that improve its baking quality and color. It also is used to whiten flour. So flour is bleached in many cases. Not all, but in many cases it is bleached. So not only do they strip all the goodness out of it, they put chemical agents in there to make it go whiter. And people are wondering why, they, why, why they're not healthy. It's just shocking. I've got another book here, which is, I mean, this stuff is fairly useless here in terms of giving you information that you need, but this is a very good book. It's called The Chemical Maze, 
shopping guide uh, by Bill Stratham. Uh, I bought this particular copy here in one of the organic shops. Uh, uh, there's one here in, in Lower Hutt, another one in the city. Is it called Simply Organic, or is it something to that effect? Anyway, that's where these copies are available. You might not get it in just at Vickles, but you may. You can order it in. It makes uh, s interesting reading, and in some instances, scary readings. It basically interprets all of these numbers into names. Not only that, but it tells us what these substances are used for. It tells us the health challenges that come with it, uh, and it explains everything just very well. So if you really uh, want to inform yourself, this is also a good place to start. Um, you see, be wary of additives uh, that are listed in the form of numbers. Numbers hide a multitude of sins. All right? I say that much. They hide a multitude of sins. We've run out of time. There's so much more to be said. I hope you didn't find today's session uh, depressing, though some of that might make depressing reading if we allowed that to happen. But, friend, we are empowered. That's what this is all about. It is to empower us to start a new lifestyle that causes us to be healthier and to live uh, a longer life. And so with that, let's just pray and commit our time to the Lord. Father, we want to thank you once again, Lord, that you're speaking to us. This is not just information, uh, Lord, that is uh, suitable for some people, but Lord, it is information that is required for every one of us to help us to live a healthy life, to present our bodies that living sacrifice that you've commanded us to do, and Lord, to live a long life. And so I pray, Father, that, Lord, as we've already said, that these things become revelation in each and every one of our hearts. I thank you, Lord God, for deliverance, Father, that has already taken place, even as we have spoken, that people's mindsets have been shifted and changed. Mine is changing. And I thank you, Lord God, that the oppressions have lifted. Uh, um, uh, addictions have been broken in the mighty name of Jesus. And, Father, I declare and I pronounce a blessing of every life uh, here today, over every family represented, over every home. And I thank you, Father, that you're teaching us. And just as I'm uh, uh, praying, I just wonder, uh, as we close, if there's anybody here this morning that needs to commit their life to Jesus. Uh, eating healthy is very necessary, but it won't get you to heaven. Only one person can, and his name is Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us if we repent of our sins and surrender our life to Jesus Christ, uh, that we are born again, which means that we receive salvation, which ultimately leads to heaven. And if you're here this morning, and you want to have your sins forgiven, and you want to get to heaven ultimately, uh, there's an invitation extended to you this morning. And you can uh, respond to that invitation by your uplifted hand to indicate to God now to say that, yes, I want to be uh, one of those that commits their life to Jesus Christ. Is there anybody here this morning that needs to do that? I'm about to pray a prayer, and I just want to see who, who is to be included in this prayer. Is there anybody here at all that needs to be born again this morning? Anybody that needs to commit their life to Jesus Christ? We've been discussing some very important aspects this morning, but Frank and I suggest that this is the most important. Anybody here that wants to do that this morning? Praise God. I'm just scanning right across the auditorium. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for every person saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus to die on the cross. Thank you, Lord God, that our sins are paid for and that we can be forgiven. Praise God. Anybody at all? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, it looks as though everybody's born again. If you wanted to raise up your hand, but you somehow didn't quite get around to it, come and see me after the service. I would love to talk to you and help you to, uh, to get born again this morning. God bless you.